Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. I want to talk to you today on a topic that I think everyone probably needs to hear. Sometimes you preach things that only certain people need to hear. But this is a topic that I think everybody can benefit from. And the topic is uh, how to have a good holiday. Hip, hip. Yeah, we all like that. If I'd said we're going to talk about martyrdom, uh, there wouldn't have been such a big cheer. But how to have a good holiday or how to have a good day off. How to have a day off. How to rest. How to rest. And um, I don't know whether you're very good at having a rest. I don't know whether you're very good at having a holiday. I guess by the end of today, uh, we, will, we will see. How to have a good rest. How to come away. The Bible, believe it or not, has a huge amount to say on this topic. Uh, I put up here how to have work, rest and play, which those of you who've been in Britain for a long time know where that phrase comes from. But how to work, rest and play. How do we order those things in our lives? It's really interesting because each day is made up of 24 hours. So eight hours asleep, eight hours at work, and that leaves us eight hours to rest. Now, I don't know about you, but it don't seem like that. It don't seem like we've got a whole third of the day to just rest. don't seem like that to me. But, but apparently that's how it ought to work in, in, in uh, some way. We have to order the, the sense of working and resting and also playing. You know, if you're going to work hard, you have to play hard to fill up your tank with leisure, things like that. So let's see where we go with this and see how much of it will maybe apply to you. First of all, what does the Bible have to say? First of all, it says that godly people ought to work hard. Godly people ought to work hard. There is uh, no points given to anyone in the Bible for lazy behavior. Can you say amen? No, I'm afraid not. (laughs) There's not. You're not given any points in the Bible for getting out of work in some way. You're given credit in the Bible if you work hard with your hands or whatever you work with. The Bible says that we should work hard. It's really interesting that when God created Eden, the very, very beginning of the Bible, he creates Adam and Eve, and he doesn't tell them, now, you just go sit there now, and I've, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create a sunbed out of your other rib, and you lie on that in the sun in Eden. He actually says to Adam, I want you to go and work the ground. Can you imagine the deep disappointment that came over him? Here we are, we've been, we've been created, this is the woman of my dreams, this is paradise, what are we going to do? Oh, you're the gardener, you're on gardening leave now. Oh, that's good. So he had to, Genesis 2.15, the first thing the man is told to do, actually the second thing, but we will, we will come to that, 
is to work the ground. So working is not some sort of thing that Satan invented. Uh, working is something that God put into the, the order of the world right from the beginning. And Jesus was a man who worked. In John 5 verse 17, he says something like this. He says, I am working. My father is always working. And so I too must work. On another occasion later on in John, he says, we must work while it is still day because night is coming when no one can work. So he was, Jesus was an endorser of working. And the Proverbs, here's just one for you. Oh, we lost it. There it is. Proverbs 10 and verse 4 uh, says something like this. Lazy hands lead to ruin, but hard work leads to wealth. Something like that, it says. So the first thing we want to say, before we start getting excited about having a holiday or about having a day off, is actually we are called by God to work. And I want to suggest to you that you only really enjoy your holiday or your day off if you have been working. Can anyone think that you might um, agree with me on that? The only time you really can enjoy resting is when you've been working. If you are in a period of total rest all the time, not really working, then having time off doesn't seem all that enjoyable. There's something about kind of deserving a bit of time off. That's good for the human soul, I think. So that's the first thing. Godly people should work hard in life. Number two, Jesus also, though, encouraged and modeled resting from work. Resting from work. There were times in his ministry where he would be preaching and talking to all the people. There'd be crowds of people. But it would say this, in the midst of like miracles and crowds and people listening to him, it would say this, and here's one example in Luke 5 verse 16. It would say, but Jesus, despite the crowd, often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. He was, of course, getting himself spiritually charged up as well as physically there. But Jesus understood, even though he was a worker, even though Jesus had a work ethic in him, that there were opportunities, even in the busy moments. Not just during a lull period. You know, you might know what it's like to be at work, where someone comes to you and says, can you take lunch early? Because no bun's here. You ever had that happen to you? I used to work shifts. They used to come to me and say, oh, there's nobody here at the moment. Do you mind having lunch now? And you say, oh, look, it's only eight minutes past ten in the morning. Yeah, but there's nobody here. And we tend to think, well, I I need to take a break when there's no work to do. But Jesus didn't do that. In the midst of peak times, if you like, Jesus withdrew and took some rest, took some spiritual nourishment too from, from his father. So Jesus, although he had a work ethic, also had a rest ethic as well. He seemed to get the balance just right. On one occasion... He went to the home of Mary and Martha, you know the story? And in that particular house, Martha, I always felt sorry for Martha, didn't you ever always feel sorry for Martha? Someone had to make the cookies, you know? But 
There was Martha working in the kitchen, Mary just resting, sitting at the Lord's feet. And Jesus commends Mary for resting, not Martha for working. I, I always felt sorry for her. But yet the words of Jesus remained that it was a better thing to do in that moment. That was not the moment to work. That was the moment to rest. And even Jesus' own promise to you, to me, is this. And of course from, from Matthew 11, 28, 29. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now there are other times when we come to God and he gives us work. Not all Christians know that, of course. But, but there are times when we come to God and he gives us work to do. You're not supposed to live free of burdens. You're supposed to have a burden from God, something you have to do. Uh, something that God carries with you, but you're supposed to have something that you're supposed to do. So God does not just give us rest. He gives us work, but it's the mixture of the two. God wants to give work and God wants to give rest. And it's about finding that extraordinary balance between the two. So, the Bible says we should work, rest and play, if you like. So, what are the biblical components of a good day off? Now we'll open the Bible. I bring the Bible to the Gospel of Mark. Mark's Gospel. And we'll just look at one verse today to think about how best can we get this balance right. What's the component of a great day off or a great holiday in biblical terms? Mark 6 and verse 30, reading to 31. Mark 6 and verse 30, the apostles gathered round Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and taught. Verse 31. Then, because so many people were coming, so this was peak time, everybody, peak time. The customers were there. Because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat. Those of you who do shifts know all about that. He said to them, come with me, and the New King James, come away with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Come away with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. In this room today, and all who hear this message on the internet and things like this, There'll be a whole variety of people. Some people have got this balance about right. Other people need to hear the word of the Lord to them, which is this. Six days shalt thou labor. You know, we need to work. And other people need to hear another message, which is this. But on the seventh day, you must rest. So some need to hear God encouraging them maybe to do more work. And other people need to hear God encouraging them to do some rest. Today, yippee, I'm going to talk about rest. But I realize that it's a careful balance to, to make. Now, some people, I think, believe 
that resting is a waste of time. I think that is a classic uh, scenario that some people have, workaholics, that resting is a total and utter waste of time. And I'd love to rest, but I can't afford to rest. I'd love to rest, but I haven't got time to do that. It's an old preacher's story, and as, uh, because it's a preacher's story, it means it isn't true. But an old preacher's story is of the two lumberjacks who entered into a competition to see whether one of them could knock, you know, cut down more trees than the other in an allotted time. They had all day, and they were told, you must cut down as many trees as you can. It's a competition. So they came to it, and as soon as the start time began, the lumberjacks began their work, and they began, both of them, to try to knock down as many trees as they could. This story, I think, was created uh, before the Green Party came into existence. But they were chopping down as many trees as they could. But then one of the guys, after a while, he just lay down and just, you know, just lay on the grass, taking it easy. Little siesta, you know, little, a little rest. While the other guy kept working. And then the guy who was resting got up and he started cutting away and then chopping away with his axe. And then an hour or two later, he just lay down again. Whereas the other guy just kept going all day. Anyway, at the end of it, there they are in the boardroom. And who has chopped down the most trees? And to the amazement of everyone, the guy that had done all the lazing around during the day, he won. And the other guy looked at him. That's not possible. That is not possible. Because I saw him on the other side of the forest. You know, they weren't next to each other. But I saw him, and I saw him lying down on the grass. And that guy said, oh, you're so wrong. He said, because while I was lying down on the grass, I was sharpening my axe. And there are some who think that if they stop, you see, if they halt production of their life, that this is in some way a waste of time. But actually, don't you know that there are times when the only way to sharpen our axe is to stop using our axe? And resting is an incredible way to sharpen your axe. Now, if you don't sharpen your axe and return to work, then, of course, you've fallen into laziness. But assuming that is not the case, Resting is not a waste of time. How can we get this balance right? Here are a few things we learn from this. First of all, the rest is physical. These are not rocket science, any of these. But get some rest. Jesus said to them, I want you boys to get some rest. In the midst of the revival even that was happening in Mark chapter 6. Get Some rest. Why would he think that? Well, we read it. They didn't have time to eat. And uh, so it was a very busy day. But so the first thing just to say is very simple about rest is it is a physical act. It amazes me that when you look through the Bible, as we've been reading through it um, during, during this year, it is full of feasts, celebrations, Sabbaths, where they're told, don't do any work. We've been reading through Leviticus just recently, and several times 
The land must not have any work done to it. The land needs to rest. Don't you think that if the land needs to rest, that maybe the people who work the land also need to rest? He says, I want you to rest. It's amazing to me that this whole thing about eight hours sleep, eight hours work, eight hours leisure, clearly, even in God's mind, that is not enough for you. Because he sets in stone right from the beginning that there would be a Sabbath day. Now, for, this, for the purpose of this uh, uh, teaching this morning, I'm not talking about the Sabbath day necessarily as a religious day, although, of course, that's certainly what it was. But just take the physical element of it for a moment. If you work seven days a week, you are not in the will of God. That is not according to the manual of God for the human body mind and soul. So irrespective of the religious element to it, seven days a week working is not something that is in the manual that God established for the human body. And you shouldn't really be astonished then if having not lived your life according to the heavenly manual, if your mechanism starts to break down when you don't do it according to the instructions. Now, I understand, and please hear my heart, there's enormous pressures on all of us today to pay our bills, to do extra shifts, to uh, do all sorts of work in order to get more money, in order to just exist in this very expensive city. Can you say amen? However, we still have to, irrespective of what the landlord thinks or irrespective of what your boss thinks, the heavenly boss with the heavenly manual says this, if you work seven days and do not rest and go into your eighth day, ninth day, etc., you are violating, let's not talk about now the wrath of God against you. I don't mean that. I'm talking about you are doing something which is against the manual. Are you really surprised then that you become ill or that you become depressed or that your body starts to break down a bit or you start getting fatigue or stress? Of course that's going to happen because you have to live your life according to the manual, the Bible. So we need to think about that. It's just interesting. Going to bed a couple of hours early is not enough. It's not enough to compensate for a whole day where you were supposed to get some rest. It's not enough. You can't say, well, I'm working all these shifts, but I'm, I'm going to get to bed at 9 o'clock. You know, uh, th- that's clearly not enough. And if you don't believe me, just listen to your body a few weeks later. Your body will tell you that it is not enough. And it's so hard. It's so hard because there's so much pressure, isn't there? To, to do this and to get this and to earn this and to fill in this shift. And of course, occasionally, you might need to do a, a longer shift than you might have liked. But don't let that become the pattern of your life. Because you won't break the word of God. The word of God will break you. You can't break the commandments. The commandments can only really sort of break you. And by violating this, by violating this, you are 
you, you are going to end up in a difficult scenario, aren't you? Your body knows it. Your doctor knows it. Maybe some people who live with you know it. You need to rest. So that's the first thing. Rest is a physical thing. Jesus said, I want you to get some rest. God invented the holiday. Oh, that's the thing I was going to mention earlier about Adam. Do you know what the first thing that happened to Adam and Eve? He created them, he blessed them, and he said this to them, take the rest of the week off. Because he made them on the sixth day, and then on the seventh day they would have a holiday. Imagine that. And what they did is they set something in in order in the human race. Listen to this. They began their life from the position of resting. And from rest, they went to work. From rest, they went to work. They worked from rest. You say, well, what, what's the significance of that? Oh, it's huge. They didn't, they didn't rest from work. They worked from rest. And the book of Hebrews says something similar. We enter into the Sabbath rest. We work from rest rather than rest from work. That's the divine mandate for the human body, brain, mind, soul, and psyche. That we work because we are rested. Rather than we rest because I nearly killed myself in there today. I remember one time working when I was working in the caves. Don't ask me what I was doing in the caves. And a girl came up who used to work there. You know when these people show up who used to work there. And they just swan in. How's it all going? And she found me in the staff room lying on the floor. She said, how's it going? I looked up at her and I said, how do you think it's going? Look at me, lying here on the floor. I didn't feel on that particular occasion that I was working from rest. So rest is a physical thing. You've got to rest. The, if, if God set in order that you can't, every six days you need to shut everything down for a whole day. If that's what God has suggested, he didn't say, just get an early night, sweetheart. He didn't say, have an afternoon and go and get, get a coffee by the, you know, um, out in the sun. He said, I want you to say, oh, a, a day. Don't do anything. Don't do anything. It's quite staggering, isn't it? The way that, particularly here in the West and maybe elsewhere, we've just broken that so much. No wonder you're down at the doctor all the time and taking pills. And No wonder. No wonder. Maybe we need to get this work resting right. Maybe it's really relevant. Number two, we learn that rest is emotional. He says, I want you to come with me, verse 31, to a quiet place. To a quiet place. Hmm. That's interesting, isn't it? One of the things about getting married that we didn't no, before we got married, Jane and I was this. We thought we were compatible in every way, but we've discovered there's one area where we are not compatible at all. Shall I tell you what it is? 
Yeah. Our ideas about holidays are totally, totally different. We haven't got a clue how we can have a holiday where we will both like it. She took me to Malta a couple of years ago. Honestly, I, I nearly just died in the sun. She dragged me across the island, the sun beating down upon me. She would walk over there, like as far as the back wall, and I walk here because this is where the shadows were. And I'm walking in the shadows, thinking, you know, have I put my house, is, have, I, have I written a will? And she's over there in the sun. One time a taxi came alongside us. And in the taxi were two people selling timeshare. We knew it was a fix. They jumped out and said, you've just won a competition. Well, that's a miracle, isn't it? Have I? What have I won? Well, we want to take you to a hotel and give you the prize. We're coming. I knew there was no prize. I knew it was a Swiss. But I would have done anything to not just fry to death. So we're trying to plan holidays all the time. Where are we going to go this year? Well, uh, where can we go that's hot, but where I can do some like archaeological research? <laughs> where can we go where there are palm trees and bright sunshine and a fabulous hotel, but also a museum of like the ancient Near East? And I tell you, it's tricky. And if you've got any suggestions, please let me know. And don't say Egypt. We already thought of that. When you have a holiday, you have to have a physical rest, uh, whether this is a holiday or just a day off. That day needs to minister to you emotionally as well. Do you know what I hear all the time? People come back from holiday. You've heard this as well. And you say to them, did you enjoy your holiday? They said, yeah, but God, I need a holiday now to recover you think, what, what are you doing? What are you doing needing a holiday to recover from your holiday? Because you, you, you did the wrong holiday. There's no holiday. It's a holiday for someone else. But one holiday for you, you just happen to be there. I remember when I was a kid, uh, and I'm, I have to be careful now these things go out on the internet, you know what I say. But I, my best friend at school, and his parents said, why don't you come with us on a holiday? I think it was to Cornwall, but I really do forget. I said, oh, that would be fantastic. So I went on the holiday. Oh, it was just terrible. <laughs> they would begin, that, right, at 8.14, we will arise from our beds. At T minus uh, 9.52, we will be leaving for, you know, wherever. And we will spend there approximately one hour, 41 minutes. What is going on here? Everything was just totally ordered. I was walking around everywhere and I just, at the end of it, I thought, boy, I need a holiday to recover from the holiday. If you're going to have a proper day off, have a proper day off. And I want to say this to you, what fills your tank may not fill someone else's tank. We all have different, you know, cars. Uh, uh, what, what am I trying to say? Some petrol fits this car. Some petrol fits that car. And you have to have the day off that fits your car. Can you say amen? 
It has to be something that works for you. It has to be something that works for you. Otherwise, it's really no, it's really no day off at all. So first of all, rest is physical. I can say a lot much more about that, but maybe we'll just move on for time. It has to be physical. You can't just work and work and work and pray for strength. You're breaking the rules in the manual. Secondly, rest must be emotional. If you come back stressed, uh, you, know, you know, don't you, that stress is as much an uh, energy sapper as something physical in you. And so you have to get yourself away from the things that stress you out. I remember when I worked at the cinema here, I used to clean the seats in the cinema. And so if any of you ever spilt popcorn in the Grafton Center cinema, I want an explanation from you at the end. (laughs) Just while I'm on this, Can someone explain to me why a cinema is designed on a slope? Can someone explain that to me? Oh, in order to see the screen? Yeah. Also, in order that the people on the back row with the cola can pour it, and now it just travels all the way down to the bottom and forms a sort of a pool of Siloam at the bottom of the uh, cinema. I don't understand that. But I went for a job cleaning the seats of the cinema, and the girl who was interviewing me, at the time I'd only just arrived in Cambridge, and I didn't have any friends at all, and uh, within a few months, uh, I thought, I better see if I can get myself a job, so I went to get a job there, and she said, do you know what one of the perks of working in the cinema is going to be? You can come and see films here, on your day off. You can bring all your friends And I said, now, you shouldn't say this had an interview, but this is as true as I'm stood here what I said. I said to her, I'm sorry, but I don't have any friends. Would you like to come to the cinema with me? That's true. That's what I said. That's how bad it was. But I went away thinking, wow, if I just clean the seats in the cinema, I can go and see all the films for free. That sounds really good. I've been working out in my head, you know, right? That would save me £5.60. Wow, I can go and see all the films for free. By the way, I am a born-again Christian. But do you know what I wanted to do on my day off? Go back there? Are you kidding me? Do you honestly think that Monday morning, on my day off, I leapt out of bed and thought, wow, I can go back to the cinema today? And this time, I don't have to clean it. No, I don't want to go anywhere near the place. You have to have an emotional rest, not just a physical one. All right. Number three, rest is relational. Look what he says. He says, I want you to come away with me by yourselves to a quiet place. It's very difficult what I'm going to say now. Because what I'm about to say will could be misinterpreted. I don't want to be misinterpreted. But you have to choose who you go on holiday with very carefully. Jesus said, I want you to come away by yourselves. Just us. Those people there that need you, leave them behind. That's what happened. It was a great crowd of needy people, effectively. And the needs were genuine and the needs were known by God 
And God wanted to meet those needs. So it's not that the people weren't important. The people were very, very important. But the workers were also important. And Jesus says to them, you're not having any opportunity to eat. We are getting away from all this need. Not because they didn't care, but because they cared. Listen, they cared so much about their needs that they had to look after their own needs in order to return and help them further. Do you understand that? So they weren't escaping from the crowd because they didn't care about them or because they were uh, very, you know, impartial about how they felt about them. Not at all. They left the crowd behind with all the needs there were in order to refresh themselves, in order to eat, in order to go back and help them further. All of us, uh, maybe all of us, many of us, in our lives, there are people in our lives that are very needy. It's not necessarily their fault that they're needy. I'm not suggesting they, are, they shouldn't be needy. But there are certain people, let me put it this way, who pour into you and there are other people who take away from you. Is that right? Now, it's not that they're villains to do so. They are needy and you are helping them. But some people take things away from you. They do not put anything into you or they do not put into you what they take away from you. It's not an equal transaction. And some people, their presence in your life is expensive to you. And it's not that that's wrong necessarily. But what they do, by virtue of how life has gone for them, with all sympathy, is they actually draw from you. They take from you. And by being with them, you are reduced. Your energy is reduced. Because you have, you have spent it on that person or those people. These people could be people at work. They could be people in your family. They could be people at church. But they, they are drawing off you. When you have a day off, a genuine holiday, as best as you can, you have to leave those people behind. Because you are uh, an unfeeling monster. Not at all. Because you need to fill up your tank in order to help them further. Some very good friends of mine look after um, children. They're like foster parents. But they, uh, uh, there's probably a technical term for this that someone here will know. They look after children temporarily to give the other parents respite. They're respite carers. So they care for the children just for a weekend in order to let the, the other parents have a bit of a break. And thank God for people like that. Thank God for all of those people who, who have that in their hearts to do. The purpose of them having respite is not because those foster parents don't love those children. Of course they love those children but they are having rest from those children. 
in order to love them further later. Jesus said, I want you to come away with me by yourselves. And all around them was all this need. He said, let's just leave them behind just for a bit. Just for a bit. In order for you to get filled up again. And sometimes, can I just say this? Sometimes you need to be filled up with the Spirit of God. And sometimes you need to be filled up with just energy and strength. Occasionally, I've been to a conference and my spirit has been, you know, really uh, fired up. And holy hands have been placed upon me and the Holy, the holy Spirit has filled me afresh. But I actually come home and I'm just as tired as I was before. Because the conference started at 8 in the morning and went on till 11 at night. Oh, there's another session. When is it on? In, in the three minutes time. Oh, good. When are we going to eat? Well, let's not eat. Because you've got to get in the queue to get in at six. Oh, okay. And you come back. Oh, how was the conference? Oh, it was, it was amazing. <laughs> Were there miracles and wonders? Oh, it's incredible. I saw this lady get out of a chair, run around. Oh, man. And I feel so full of the Holy Spirit. But I really need a holiday to recover from that conference. Because we need more than just God's spirit in us. We need to live according to the manual as well. And the power of the spirit in your life does not override the basic instructions of the manual. That physical rest is important. Emotional rest is important. And also relational rest. If you have a difficult family member Oh, I'm going to be shot for saying this. But you might not always want to take them on holiday with you. If you have a lady at work that you don't get on with and she says to you, I've got a day off on Sunday. Do you want to come with me to wherever? Or I've got a day off on Friday. You, if you, maybe you shouldn't go. Because the rest you need might be more than just physical. It might be, you might need a rest from certain relationships as well. So I have to get this right. Come away with me by yourselves, he said. Come away with me by yourselves. Finally, rest is spiritual. Of course it is. He says to them, come with me. Jesus says to them, come with me to a quiet place. Come with me. And my time is gone, but let me conclude with this. Of course. If you really want to have a real holiday, you really want to have a day off, of course you should amuse yourself, do things that fill your tank up. But Christ says this, if you'll come to me, I will give you rest. And there's something that Jesus Christ gives you that is actually the missing ingredient to the whole component of our Resting lives. Sometimes, I, uh, let me be a bit naughty again, but sometimes I hear Christians that go away on holiday for three weeks, and I'll say to them, well, how did you find the, the um, church in wherever? Oh, well, we just didn't go. 
And you think, well, okay, maybe like one weekend, but you're away for three, you didn't go. Are you sure you really are a follower of Jesus? You, you didn't want Jesus in your holiday at all? What's that about? Something's not right. Something sounds religious, but not relationship with Jesus about that to me. And so there are times, I understand, if you're in the middle of a, you know, a, a faraway tropical place, or even the middle of Butlins or Pontins, I suppose. It might be tricky, you know, but, but to be away for a long time and not have any connection in with Christians, or I tell you, something is something's not quite right. Jesus said this, I, if you come to me, I will give you rest. I will, be the, I will be the missing ingredient. I'll be the missing key in it. And I will give you rest. And you will relax in me. We read through the Psalms so many times where we're told to rest and relax. Be still and know that I am God. So let me encourage you. I'm, I'm through. Let me just encourage you. It's not a sin to have a holiday. It's not a sin to turn your phone off. There's a pastor, I know he's in the city now. He's having some time off. And I keep texting him every day. And do you know what I'm, did you know what I'm texting him? Turn your phone off. He hasn't replied, so I guess he has. Or maybe he's just fooling me. Those Baptists, they're like that. He's a good friend of mine. I'm trying to encourage him. You can't break the manual. Can you say amen? You you can't break the manual. You've got to do it the maker's way. And the maker's way is this. Six days shalt thou labor. Work hard. But on the seventh day, on the holiday, on the day off, be sure that you get everything out of it that you can. You don't have to have a lot of money to have a great day off. You don't have to have a lot of money to have a great holiday if you just put all the components in the right place. You can spend a thousand quid or two thousand quid and have a terrible holiday because you didn't do these four things here. And you can somehow find two two pound coins in your pocket and have the best day off you've ever had if you just do these four things here. Let me encourage you. It's holiday time. Thank you for listening and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www kingscambridge.org If you're listening on iTunes we would love you to leave us some feedback God bless and goodbye